Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Who's Judging podcast. I'm your host, Connor, and today it's just me. Danny will be back. She went on vacation, hopefully had a lot of fun. And when she gets back, we will have an exciting episode for you guys. Today, though, we are going to be talking about a current event, something that I know all of you guys know about and have heard about for the past three years now, COVID-19 and the pandemic, as well as other zoonotic diseases and how meat consumption and dairy consumption plays a factor in them. All right, so before we get into COVID and would COVID have happened if we were vegan, we're going to start with stuff like the basics. What is a zoonotic disease? How do they occur? Why do they occur? How often do they occur? As well as some examples, some that you have heard of, as well as probably some that you have not heard of. And then after that, we'll break into how meat consumption and dairy consumption plays into it and what removing that would do and stuff like that. And then we will get into the pandemics and then COVID and how, again, meat consumption played into the origins of COVID and how it could prevent the next one. So now let's start with what a zoonotic disease is. So zoonotic diseases, if you aren't aware, are caused by germs that spread between animal, other animals to humans. So basically, they're diseases that we catch from other animals. And so the chances of an animal falling ill and passing it on to you depends on the animal's health and the hygienic conditions of the meat processing facilities. And I don't know if you've ever seen one of the factory farms or one of their facilities, but I'll show you if you're here in a second. You'll see them. They're going to cover my face here. And you'll make up your own mind on whether you think they look clean and hygienic or not. They're disgusting, flat out disgusting. And because of this, zoonotic diseases are very common both in the United States and around the world. Scientists estimate that more than six out of every 10 known infectious diseases in people can be spread from animals, and three out of every four new or emerging infectious diseases in people come from animals. Each year, one in six Americans get sick from eating contaminated food. This includes eating or drinking something unsafe, such as unpasteurized or raw milk, or undercooked meat and eggs. Now, knowing this, let's get into some of the different diseases, the different zoonotic diseases. Vibriosis is a zoonotic disease. Per the CDC, most Vibrio infections are from oysters, result in only diarrhea and vomiting. However, some infections such as those caused by Vibrio vulnificus can cause more severe illness, including bloodstream infections and severe blistering skin lesions. Many people with V. vulnificus infections require intensive care or even limb amputations and 15 to 30% of the infections are fatal. Overall, the CDC estimates that vibriosis causes 80,000 illnesses each year in the United States, and 52 of these illnesses are estimated to be the result of eating contaminated food. People can also get a version of BSE variant Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease. As of 2019, 232 people worldwide are known to become sick with it, and unfortunately, every single one of them have died. It is thought that they got the disease from eating food made from cows sick with BSE. 
Campylobacteriosis is caused by Campylobacter bacteria. It is the most common bacterial cause of di- diarrheal illness in the United States. The CDC estimates the infection infects 1.5 million U.S. residents each year. Per the CDC, almost 65% of them come from eating contaminated chicken, with another 29% coming from fish, other seafood, turkey, beef, pork, game, and other meat or poultry, meaning that give or take 94% of Campylobacter illnesses come from meat. Many chickens, turkeys, cows, and other animals that show no signs of illness carry Campylobacter. Campylobacter can be carried in the intestines, liver, and other organs of animals and can be transferred to other edible parts when an animal is slaughtered. In 2015, the National Antimicrobial Resistance Monitoring System, that's a, that's a mouthful, testing found that Campylobacter on 24% of chicken bought from retailers. Some studies have estimated that 5 to 20% of people with Campylobacter infection develop irritable bowel syndrome for a limited time and 1 to 5% develop arthritis. About 1 in every 1,000 reported Campylobacter illnesses leads to GBS, Guillain-Barr syndrome. People with GBS can have muscle weakness or sometimes paralysis that can last for weeks and often require intensive care, intensive medical care. Most people recover fully, but some have permanent nerve damage. Estimates indicate that as many as 40% of GBS cases in the United States might be triggered by Campylobacter infection. Of course, of course, we can't forget about E. coli, commonly found in undercooked ground meat products and raw milk. E. coli is found in ground beef around one-third of a percent of the time. Sounds pretty good, but that's still a one in 333 chance every time you eat a ground beef product. Doesn't sound so good anymore. That's not very good odds. I mean, that's worse odds than, you know, getting GBS from Campylobacter. Now, another familiar name for most people is salmonella. The CDC estimates that salmonella is responsible for 1.35 million infections each year, 26,500 hospitalizations, and 420 deaths in the United States each year. Food is the source of most of these illnesses, and the Interagency Food Safety Analytics Collaboration estimates that over 23% of foodborne salmonella illnesses are due to eating chicken and turkey. Just those two, turkey and chicken, are 23% of all salmonella cases. Now, data shows that salmonella contamination on poultry has been going down, but this has not translated into a reduction in human illnesses. Rates of human illness have remained stagnant over the past two decades, and we have not moved any closer to our national goal of reducing it by 25%. All of this data points towards the need for a new approach to controlling salmonella and poultry in a way that reduces human salmonella illnesses. Now, you know what my recommendation is going to be. Get rid of the poultry. Stop eating chicken. Stop eating turkey. Most people aren't going to like that. But as you've seen, they've reduced salmonella in the animals, and it has not decreased the rate that humans have got it. So what other option do people see out there outside of not eating the meat? 
That is the one way you know you're not going to get salmonella from turkey and you're not going to get salmonella from chicken if you don't eat turkey and you don't eat chicken. I guarantee you that one. Another thing to keep in mind is that consuming meat regularly has been associated with an increased risk of chronic illnesses such as heart disease, diabetes, and cancer. These chronic conditions can weaken and often do weaken the immune system making individuals more more vulnerable to zoonotic diseases that can be transmitted through the consumption of the contaminated meat. And you would think that would be enough bad news, right? I wish. Some of these diseases are now antibiotic resistant too. This is because around the globe, farm animals, primarily pigs and poultry, but occasionally cattle, are given approximately 66% of all antibiotics used around the world. There are more antibiotics given to these farm animals than all humans combined. That's crazy. And so what it's doing is with all that antibiotic exposure, these diseases are being becoming resistant to the antibiotics. So when humans get these diseases, the antibiotics aren't able to fight them sometimes, or they're having a much harder fight against them a lot of the time. As they're saying, multiple agencies, including the European Medicines Agency and the WHO, have identified a link between the excessive use of antibiotics in farming and the development of antibiotic resistance in some human infections. Now, so far, we've covered a lot of the smaller, less fatal pandemics and zoonotic diseases that have come from animal consumption and animal farming in general. So now let's talk about the big ones, the ones that people know about. And we're going to start with the COVID-19 pandemic that we all just went through and are kind of still simmering through. It clearly highlights the risks associated with zoonotic diseases and the consumption of meat. Per the officials and agencies, the two most likely origins of COVID are it started with bats then transferred to another animal, then to humans. And the second one is directly from bats to humans. Those are the two most likely ones. Clearly, both of those cases are zoonotic. And I know right now there's a lot of people kicking and screaming going, it was a lab leak in China, lab leak. Well, I'm going to tell you right now that the consensus from the vast majority of the agencies, the vast majority of the intelligence community does not agree with that assessment. So far, only the FBI and the Department of Energy have come to that consensus and have done so reporting low confidence in it. And I don't know about you, but when I think of the intelligence community, I'm not thinking about the FBI and the Department of Energy. When you think of them, you think of the CIA and the NSA. That's the intelligence community. And neither of those two agree with the FBI on this one, but the CIA is still stating they're undecided on the origins of COVID. And, you know, what does the NSA think about it? We'll never know. They're the most secretive agency in the world. But I guarantee you they know what you're thinking right now because that's what they do. They're listening to this right now. It's the NSA for us. Anyways, back to my point. If we didn't eat animals the virus would not have spread through the Wuhan seafood market, which is where people have, it's believed to have likely originated 
you know, where it moved from animals, other animals to humans, or at least where it started spreading very rapidly. And obviously it would not have spread to the seafood market in this hypothetical scenario because there would be no seafood market in a vegan world, right? And so with over 758 million cases and almost 7 million deaths, COVID-19 is one of the largest pandemics of all time. Unfortunately, there is a much worse zoonotic pandemic. I'm sure most of you are aware of the Spanish flu of 1918, but did you know that it most likely began on a chicken farm in Kansas? Yes, that Spanish flu, the one that infected over 500 million people and killed an estimated 50 million people, or around 3% of the world's population at the time is believed to have originated from a chicken farm in Kansas. Matter of fact, most human infectious diseases originate from animals, including every single one of the pandemics over the last 100 years. I'm going to repeat that one more time. For the last 100 years, a full century, every single one of the pandemics was animal-originated. That's huge. And this is owed a lot to factory farms. They're an intensive or industrial form of livestock production, and they were linked to the emergence of zoonotic pathogens. There is clearly a link between the emergence of highly pathogenic avian influenza viruses and intensified poultry production systems. Epidemiologist Marius Gilbert from Belgium told The Guardian, In 2018, Gilbert and colleagues looked at where highly pathogenic avian influenza viruses emerged and found that 37 of the 39 instances happened in commercial poultry production systems. And so clearly, these illnesses affect tons, millions of people. So what can we do to stop them or at least slow them? A new report suggests that the best zoonotic disease mitigation effort, a drastic drop in meat consumption, is extremely challenging to achieve but there's no farming method that will reduce such risks if demand for animal products continue to rise. So they're not saying that there's no farm technique that'll stop this or slow this, but there's no farming technique that will be able to match the supply needed for the demand of these products if it keeps going up. So every year, if we keep demanding more and more meat, we're going to need these intensive farms that don't care about hygiene, don't care about cleanliness, and don't care about anything other than getting the product out that you're demanding at the level. Antibiotics, they don't care. Whether the factory has you know, bacteria everywhere, they don't care. They just want to get the product out that you're demanding so that you buy it. You buy it, you're happy, they sell it, they're happy. That's the exchange that's happening right now. Nothing more. So they're saying that intensive animal farming increases the risk of zoonotic-borne pandemics because of the way we raise and slaughter the animals. We transport them long distances, keep them in highly dense living conditions, and don't care for their health or welfare at all. The zoonotic pathogens that emerge from this method of farming animals can occasionally spill over and cause pandemics in humans. And the report points out that the risks of this happening are escalating as time goes on. One approach proposes to reduce emerging infectious disease risks to dramatically reduce 
meat consumption again. In the extreme, this could allow widespread restoration of natural habitats, increase the health of wild populations, while also greatly reducing the opportunities for transmission to livestock and people, hence reducing the risk to disease emergence. And people are going to argue that zoonotic does not explicitly mean that it comes solely from the consumption of animals. But 41% of all zoonotic cases and 50.4% of all zoonotic illness deaths come from foodborne illnesses, so from the consumption of meat or dairy or eggs. So it may not explicitly mean that, but almost half of the cases and over half of the deaths are from the consumption of meat. So yes, it could also just come from petting the animals or getting a bite from an animal or even just environmental ones like anthrax. But over half come from eating meat. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that if our world went vegan, our risk of contracting a foodborne illness or a zoonotic illness or dying from one would be cut in half. Now, would everyone going vegan guarantee that we wouldn't have another pandemic? Absolutely not. But again, it would drastically reduce the chance of having another one. And again, I just want to reiterate the main point of this and the biggest thing I want you to take out of this is that every single pandemic in the last century, the last hundred years, is animal originated. And we have not made any major changes to that in the last 100 years. You know, we've made it so that they have a little more regulation on cleanliness, but it doesn't take away the factor that we are eating the meat and we have quadrupled, if not quintupled, the amount of meat we've, we're eating since 1918. And so, obviously, the more you increase meat consumption, the higher the chances are of you getting a zoonotic disease. And as mentioned earlier, you can't always tell if the animal is sick with a zoonotic disease. You cannot tell sometimes. And so you could say, my factory looks clean. My animals look healthy. It doesn't matter. They still could be sick and they could still pass the disease on to millions of people. And so if we want to avoid the next COVID-19, the next Spanish flu, we have to at least cut the amount of meat we're eating if not, get rid of it. And I know that's going to be hard. I know there's people that aren't going to be willing to do it. But it's something that if you don't want to have to go through all the deaths and all the masks and all the shutdowns again, which happened in both COVID-19 and the Spanish flu, that was not something that happened just this time. If we want to avoid that, we have to make changes as a society. And that's where I think we need to do it. And I think we need to stop eating meat or cut our meat consumption to benefit everyone, including yourself. All right, one last point that I want to make is to answer our overarching question. Does COVID-19 happen if we are vegan? And so as I said, being vegan won't stop all pandemics, won't even stop all zoonotic pandemics. But that was not the question that we asked at the beginning of this episode. The question that we asked at the beginning of this episode is would COVID-19 have happened? Considering that it went from bat to animal, another animal to human, makes it zoonotic and makes the chance of it happening 
unlikely if we're vegan. Why? Because as I said earlier, the place that it was believed to have started or at least spread vastly into humans was the Wuhan seafood market. There's no seafood markets in vegan worlds. And it cannot pass from a bat to an apple to a human, right? It passed from a bat to something else and then to the human. If you don't have that middle animal, it probably does not make it to the humans. And so to answer our question, no, I do not believe that COVID-19 would have happened in the way, in the manner, and the scale that it happened if we were vegan. If we were vegan, COVID-19 would not have happened in my opinion. And on that note, who's judging? Not me. Thanks, guys.